Are veterinarians real doctors? This week, we want to talk about some of the challenges that veterinarians and veterinary technicians face in the world when they're not perceived as real nurses or doctors. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And perhaps a tough topic for many of us is the perception sometimes by the general public that we as veterinary professionals aren't real doctors or even nurses, right? So this week we want to talk about some of the recent controversies that have been making the rounds on social media and maybe some steps we can take as a profession to help elevate our perception. Before we get into all of that discussion, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, the viewfinders probably know I love my Peloton. I've been a Peloton owner and member <laughs> since day one. Uh, I like endurance. I mean, it's just, I like it, right? And my kids like it and my wife likes it. I mean, we're Peloton people, but lately there was a bit of a broil out there on social media. Maybe bring the viewfinders that aren't familiar with what's been happening, bring them up to speed. Oh, Peloton, you've done it now. <laughs> Uh, a response got passed around social media that was a rejection letter for the discount associated to medical providers from Peloton, stating that they were not a medical doctor or a nurse. Or a nurse. Um, yep. Basically, you are not involved in human medicine, and so therefore you do not qualify for the medical professional's discount. And oh, man. Oh, Pel man. Pel right. Peloton is now very familiar with the veterinary industry, I suppose. Um I, you know, you and I were talking before this, and it, and it probably is sort of a cut and paste answer. If you don't check the box that says your MD, RN, you know, PA, then you don't qualify. Or there's that other box. Um, but oh man, it rang true to so many people around not feeling like a real doctor or a real medical professional because they're a veterinarian. This isn't the first we've heard of it. Right. And, and I'll remind you, viewfinders, this sort of came up and we discussed it briefly about a year and a half ago during COVID times. Because if you recall, essential workers became an issue, right? Because some states were saying, oh, veterinary healthcare professionals, yes, they're essential. And other states are like, nope, they're not medical professionals at all. So, Becky, I mean, there is a little bit of recent history around this perception or lack thereof of us as legitimate medical professionals, right? I mean, yeah, but I would take it a step further to say this isn't recent as much as continued, <laughs> right. right? This is an ongoing issue um, from probably like when James Harriet was writing books. Like, I, I think I that agree. we're talking about a really long term issue where people don't see veterinary because they, they we quote unquote play with puppies and kittens because that's what they see, right? That's that's what you see. And, it, and it's a, a lot of what we do is a quote unquote in indirect si or inexact science. There's a lot of guessing and trying and all of the things. Um, I, I you know I really don't know what drives that perception because I've never even prior to being involved in the veterinary industry felt that way. Right? Like I, I right. saw my veterinarian as a doctor, um, and you know like for the listeners, no, I didn't. I wasn't born a veterinary technician. My grandfather told me I would be in veterinary medicine my whole life, but I went to cosmetology school in high school. I have done a whole gambit of jobs before I finally went to tech school. So, um, and, and, and I had pets the whole time that I was trying to ruin because I wasn't in the veterinary <laughs> space. So I used veterinarians because I needed them. Um, I always saw them as doctors and, and medical professionals. So I don't know where the perception comes from. Like, I'm no help there. 
But this has been ongoing, and so then it becomes a matter of whose responsibility is it. So veterinary technicians regularly say, we need to educate the public. You know, a part of the huge push against the VNI was that we need to educate the public on what our job is, not change our title to be more recognizable, right? Right. Um, I I get that mentality, but, like, if we're educating the public – there's arguments that, well, then you have to run these campaigns every 10 years. You have to continue to educate. And so I don't really know the answer, but I think this has been really ongoing. And I personally, as you know, I love to do, point my fingers to some of these higher level organizations that are pushing their own personal agendas that aren't really looking at public education and information. Right. And, and you know, again, viewfinders, this is a this is a tricky issue. And like 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 Becky said, this has a legacy. Right. I mean, this this far predates this Peloton controversy. But I think what's really changed today and once again is the amplification by social media. Right. Because we've all encountered this in our professional careers. At least I have in my 30 years. I mean, I've I've been in filling out forms and say, wait, there's no Space for a veterinarian. It's like, I'm not a doctor, like a physician, you know, why I'm an other. And then like Becky says, when you're other, it's like, you're just something else. Right? We don't know what to do with you. So I couldn't go to social media and put a screenshot of that. I think Becky, you know, again, once, once again, this is a good use of social media, in my opinion. Like, this is bringing forward an issue, amplifying it, and maybe making some change. Now, sadly, from what I understand, uh, the Peloton thing just really hasn't moved a lot. And I don't know if the person went back again. I don't know if you know. And if somebody knows out there, let us know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I feel like we really raised a flag here that hopefully Peloton will respond to. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. And, and, and you know, a lot of times we find, uh, from at least from a PR standpoint, they're, like, embarrassed and they're like, we're really sorry. Um, I think we've all experienced times when maybe one representative of a company speaks on behalf of everyone else and it sort of looks bad. Yeah. And then there are individuals left to kind of clean up that mess. And I suspect that could be happening with Peloton where you've got some poor customer service agent who's, like, got all these automated answers and they're not they don't know. Right. And now they opened this can of worms, unfortunately. I, again, I don't think it's out of malice. I think it's out of ignorance. As a technician, I regularly will reach out to some organizations and say, so, you know, you're representing technicians, but you don't have any actually included <laughs> right. um, in this decision-making process. And they're uh, they're like, the, the clouds part and the sun comes into They're like, whoa, yeah. So it's like it really and truly literally never occurred to them. So sometimes I wonder if that's what we're facing with some of these folks who who aren't deliberately underselling what we do, but don't necessarily understand it. Um, but, but then again, you know, I've heard from people outside of the profession, right? Vet school is harder to get into than med school. The They know that. So I don't know the answer, but it, it kind of it's kind of like. It's almost a matter of convenience, I guess, when they're picking and choosing and deciding when we're professional um, and should be included and not. Right. You're a real doctor if your dog is vomiting at 3 a.m. Okay? Right. Right. <laughs> Peloton's going to give you that discount. But, you know, Becky, once again, I think that this is a great opportunity to elevate the conversation. But sadly, uh, as I've had many offline conversations with colleagues, some of our personal veterinary colleagues kind of made this into a dirty thing. Like it really got almost slanderous. And I've seen some some posts that I found had very questionable and objectionable language. So, you know, I think it's also... 
important that we sort of maintain a measured response because I think we should also treat Peloton with respect. And that's not just me because I'm a user of Peloton uh, and have paid them a quite a, a sum of money over the years. But, you know, my point is, it's just treat them with respect. And I, I really feel like this is one of those issues where, for the most part, I've been pleased with how colleagues have responded to it. But then I've seen some comments that just were, uh, it, I just didn't agree with Becky. Well, and I, okay, and I, I agree, but I will take this with a grain of salt. I think that there are times, like, on the phone with you, I'm more likely to, to pop off at the mouth in a, in a facility or in a space where I feel like I'm with my people. Right, safe. I'm probably yeah. going to carry every everyone who's ever made me not feel like a, a medical professional to that conversation in that moment and just, like, put it on Peloton. So I do think, to some extent, there's just sort of this collective buildup, right, where any one time this happens and we feel underappreciated or underrecognized, our whole history of that cracks open and, and rains down. Right. Um, so, so Peloton is likely catching a lot of heat <laughs> that doesn't belong necessarily to them because they made this one mistake. I think it comes from a, a point where we are all really tired. We are essential workers, but aren't getting the recognition and appreciation of essential workers. And please, when I say we, you guys, please do not for one second think I am taking credit for working in general practice or emergency like you guys are right now doing curbside. So I won't even begin to, to try to even pretend that I have taken part in all of that craziness that you guys are out there doing amazing with. Um so when I say we, I mean you, <laughs> but me as as a voice who cares and is paying attention because I don't want to take that credit where it's not due, that's for sure. Um, but to be fair, like I just think that that there's such a buildup. And so it becomes like I'm sick of this. And so when any one person accidentally trips a wire, you come at them with the history of all 10 people you've had to talk to about it in the in the closest past. So are we are we using Peloton as the punching bag representative of society doesn't see us as veterinary professionals and Peloton just happened to respond to an email that said it and so now they're receiving all of that grief um and if that is the case are we putting it in the wrong place Yeah that is a really really good point Becky and I I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, it could be misplaced aggression and frustration, and I, I agree with that. But there's also an underlying issue of, you know, and this is something that I've written about and talked about for a long time, and that is, you know, are we somehow trying to, do we find ourselves less than a quote-unquote real doctor? And I, I remember early in my career writing a couple of articles and saying, you know, don't compare ourselves with human doctors. Like, we're completely different and separate. Like, be proud of our uniqueness, right? I think sometimes if we try to directly compare ourselves, and, and this is, goes back to an era when we were looking at salaries, okay? So this is when veterinarians were looking at general practitioners, family practitioners going, whoa, they're making a lot more money than us. And I was like, it's a different job. I don't want us to set ourselves up for frustration and failure and disappointment by always comparing ourselves. Now, having said that, are we medical professionals and should we be entitled to a Peloton discount? I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's my opinion. But, you know, I guess Peloton drew the line somewhere. So I, I guess where I'd like to take this conversation now, Becky, is, okay, how do we impress upon the general public that we are legitimate medical professionals? Let's kind of start there. Okay. Well, so a couple, <laughs> a couple things, because one, I think there is a, um, you know, the, there's more visibility, right? And, and to kind of your point about the pay thing, the, the, the purse is different. Okay. When we look at human medicine, 
um, people are more involved in that process. One, they're there. It's them. They understand it better. But two, their insurance generally pays for it. Or they're seeking out affordable care. Like, they have to accommodate any one of those situations, right? Like, if you don't have health insurance, you're not going to my doctor that I go to. You're going to go to the health department or you're going to go to the emergency room and receive your care. But you know you have a place to go. You know you don't go to jail if you don't pay the bill. You know nobody's going to let you die. Okay. So then you look at veterinary medicine where that's not the case because insurance companies don't pay us. And maybe one day they will. And will we make a better salary because we we know we're getting paid for everything and we can charge what it's worth and and we can look at it from a more corporate standpoint. And will at that point we be considered medical professionals because treatment is happening more consistency and more available. Right now there is a, a large limited access to care in veterinary medicine, uh, terrifying limited access to care uh, that has been compounded by COVID, right? We have more and more facilities not taking new patients. Um, We got a big old mess on our hands. So is it easier to say that they aren't medical professionals because they can choose to or not to treat my pet or my animal? And is that the message that gets out more readily? Um. I don't know that I've ever seen, now on the technician side, we do a lot of educating on um, what a technician is the best that we can to the public because we know that the public demand is going to be part of what drives retention. But how much education actually happens to the public on what a veterinarian is? Are we assuming that veterinary professionals are known and seen and respected and understood? And then on the flip side, I have to say, um, at least from a technician standpoint, Everywhere I go, I run into somebody who says, oh, my sister's a veterinary technician or my sister worked as a veterinary technician. Generally, there's no credentials involved. There's no school involved. So they're working as assistants off the street, on the job trained. So that's the perception that they have of veterinary professionals is that for the most part, you can come in off the street and do the job. Right, right. That is a, an, another really important point. And, you know, Becky, getting back to this whole thing, right, of society's views and comparing ourselves maybe falsely with human medical professionals, nurses and, and physicians in this case, you know, I, I wonder sometimes if we, when we do our, when we do these direct comparisons, are we then setting ourselves up to take it so personally? Because, like, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, this has happened to me innumerable times over the years where people, you know, they would, I would introduce myself, I'd say, I'm at a whatever event, and I'd say, hey, I'm Dr. Ernie Ward. And they would say, uh, well, I mean, he's a veterinarian, right? So somebody would like go in and say, well, wait a second, he's not like a doctor, doctor, right? And the first couple of times when I was a young vet, it did sting, right? You know, it's like, well, I worked hard and blah, blah, blah. But then I, I accepted it, right? And this isn't a matter of just acquiescing. This was a matter of understanding that I am a different role in society, right? And so I think that we can't take it personally. And I think that's really where some of the comments that I read online about the Peloton, you know, punching bag, as you call it, that that's where it, you could tell people were taking it deeply personally, like they were personally offended. And I think somehow we've got to let that part of the ego go. Hopefully I made a little bit of sense there, but that is really important not to take this so personally when somebody corrects and says, well, he's a veterinarian. Like, I don't take that personally anymore. Yeah, you know, it's true. Like if I said, if I if I introduce you to my dentist and I say this is Dr. So-and-so, I probably won't clarify that he only works on my teeth. Right. But I do know if I'm in a restaurant and somebody needs CPR, I'm not grabbing my dentist. Um, <laughs> he probably maybe knows it, but I'm yelling like, is there a doctor, an EMT, or someone who knows what the heck they're doing in the house? If I was on an airplane and they said, are there any medical professionals? 
do I stand up? Don't I? I know that there's no pet on the plane in distress more than likely, or they would have asked for a veterinarian, but I'm, I'm a medical professional with enough knowledge to provide some assistance. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know those lines. And I, I think it is personal to, ha- to how you consider yourself. But I think I would take it personal if I was introduced as a doctor and somebody clarified, well, they're a veterinarian. Now, like I, in pursuing my PhD and somebody introduces me as a doctor, I would be happy to clarify, like, uh, yes, of public administration. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a doctor of political attest, but not not of human beings. And so it's a couple things. One, is your title a part of who you are, what you are, and how you value and rate yourself? So much so that you have to be offended when somebody doesn't recognize it for what it is. That's probably your issue. Two, is it an opportunity to educate somebody that say, absolutely, I'm a veterinarian, which means I take care of every species of animals out there, um, except for you guys who have that one specialized area, right? right? Like right. we can be a little passive aggressive and salty about it. Like, But if you have it as an intense emotional response that you are undersold, then it's probably a lot more to do with you than anything else. Like that, then you probably need to work on your own self-worth and value because it really shouldn't matter about the title. But when we're talking about societal umbrellas that say we don't recognize you as a medical professional, then I think rather than getting, you know, what in my house we'd say butthurt about it, um, is then what is the action, what is the actionable item to change the societal perception? And I think this is where we really lack cohesiveness as a profession. I think this is where our leading organizations are really missing out on opportunities, um, And I think this is where we need to collectively improve our own mission, visions, and values as a profession. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, viewfinders, here's here's how I see the world. I see the world always as opportunities and challenges to overcome. So here we go. Here's an opportunity to overcome a challenge. So if I'm at the AVMA right now, I'm I'm taking the cultural temperature of what's happening in my, my profession, and this is popping up. So here's what I think the AVMA should have done, and they still can do, in my opinion, issue a statement saying, hey, you know, I just, as on behalf of the American Veterinary Medical Association, you know, we view veterinary professionals as, as medical professionals, and we think that, you know, companies that offer medical professional discounts should extend them to veterinary professionals. Like, I don't see where that's a big reach, right? I mean, why not just say that? And then that gives us a little little backbone to fall back on if we need it, right? That way you can post that on your social media and say, hey, Peloton, did you know that the American Veterinary Medical Association actually says, you know, you probably should think about this. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to act on it, but I mean, you know, Becky, there are ways that organized medicine could help us in these situations, in my opinion. A hundred percent. Now, the AVMA is a little touchy with me because, again, they only consider veterinarians (laughs) to be medical professionals. Um, And, you know, I won't miss an opportunity to get that in there. But, um, again, I think it's where the agendas are kind of mixed up. Um, We have what I what everyone calls the good old boy network. Sorry if I hurt your feelings, guys, but I'm. I'm sorry, not sorry. No offense. No you know, the good old boy network that is, we're going to do things the way they've always been done, and they've got their own personal agendas, and their personal agendas are very much self-serving in the most part. Um, they see them as ways of advancing the profession, but when you really start to break them down, they're they're really not advancing the entire profession for the same reason, you know, we're fighting telehealth and things like that, and, and we're mad at Chewy because we're so so strongly protecting our space that we're not willing to grow with the times 
which means we aren't using opportunities that we absolutely have to educate, incorporate, and include the public into better knowledge and understanding. So, I mean, it's a missed opportunity, but that's what I feel like they can, they are often best at doing is missing opportunities. (laughs) And, you know, and because of this, I also feel like I see them regularly take a little quiet backseat because they don't want to get involved. They, they, they aren't trying to push the, the, what do we push? The envelope. And they aren't pushing legislation for recognition and things like that. They aren't supporting their technicians in title protection and utilization. So um, I think that their real agenda is mostly self-serving and it isn't going to help the public, but it's going to continue to cause problems like this. I, God help me, the AVMA, even if they ever do let technicians in, I'm going to be like on the no-fly list with them. And, and I get it. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be a sacrificial lamb. Poor Doug Kratt. I think you're a great person. I always feel so bad, but it's also true. So it, it can't go without saying. Right. And, and again, viewfinders, you know, I, I, I received a message uh, not too long ago from a colleague who I was critical of the AVMA of something, right? You know, and they were like, well, if you don't like it, you know, why don't you just not be a member and all this stuff, right? And it's because I love my profession so much. It's because Becky and I are so committed to making it better. Like we love it so much that we can't sit silently by (laughs) when things could be better. Right. So, so I'll be honest with you. Like if you just sit there passively in an organization, not actively trying to make it better, you know, that's okay. But you really also need to pay attention sometimes to the people who are saying, guys, do it better. Yeah. I think that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. If you don't like it, why don't you Get just out. not be a member? <laughs> right, right. right. Like, if you don't like it, we don't want to be challenged or hear that we're doing right. anything wrong or that we have anything to think about. You know, it's the most toxic thing when somebody says, like, it's just the way I am. They're going to have to get used to it. Right. People right. need to say, like, oh, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I, it might be something I can work on. Um, That's not... That's not doesn't make you any less than so so saying like if you don't like it just quit for the same reason people on Facebook if you don't like it just scroll on like it like it's like it's like I want to put this out there and I really don't want to hear any resistance of it back now I may put something out there in social media and you aren't I don't want to hear that I'm wrong but I'm willing to hear your point of view I'm willing to hear your thoughts on it had a really um great conversation the other day on Facebook on my page it was like. Um, there was a post basically about the effects of taking away late fees in library books and how when they took away the late fees, there was like increased book returns, there was increased, um, you know, traffic and rentals, and all these things, right? And I posted that and and somebody came back and said, like, I think this is really just an excuse to be lazy. Uh, you know, if you can't return your books on time, like not having a penalty is basically just giving you an excuse. And it was a well thought out answer. It wasn't snarky. Right. It was just like, I don't actually see this that way. Right. Right. Well, then re- there was like my point was I had a single mom growing up who was in school and worked full time. And so what would happen is my sister and I would go rent books. They'd be in our room. She wouldn't see them. She didn't know they were due. Whenever we finally went back, I would we'd return the books, and then when we'd go to leave, they would say, well, you owe us $27. If you're a single mom in school living in Section oh, 8 wow. housing on yeah, food stamps, yeah. $28 worth of late fees because of your kids sucks. And, like, now what do I do? Yell at my kids for reading? Like, and, and also just to throw this in there, it was always, like, the same audio book that, like, it was, like, this tape of songs that I would rent over and over again. So the fact that she was paying late fees on the same tape over and over again, I know I'm, I'm right. lucky I made it to 40 years old, right? She could have killed right, me. Right, so right. 
Anyway, point of all of this was like several people said, yeah, like access to transportation is a problem. This person that disagreed at the beginning came back and said, wow, I never really thought of this perspective. Thank you guys for so intelligently and emotionally intelligently explaining to me other things I hadn't thought about because I didn't have that experience. And now I see it very differently. So obviously library books and veterinary medicine, not the same thing. But the point being, when we don't just leave because we don't like it, when we say, hey, I have a different opinion, and then other emotionally intelligent people pop in and say, oh, yeah, I could see why you think that. Let's talk about some experiences that I've had, though, that might change your mind. Within three or four exchanges, I had a very, a very intelligent man on my page say, this makes sense and I've changed my mind. There was no fight, no drama, no nothing, and we learned and we grew. Wow, civil discourse. Who would have thunk it, right? All you on know. my social media. <laughs> and again, you know, Becky, that ties us up here to finish up today with the Peloton debacle because that's what upset me because I saw the conversation not be- being civil anymore and actually becoming piling on and slanderous. And, and, you yeah. know, and that's really where I think we could have elevated the conversation. And again, a lot of people did. So there were a lot of really, I think, very thoughtful uh, posts out there that, that helped. Uh, but then again, I think there were some that were just like, you know, again, rawr, and, and that doesn't always, that emotional outrage doesn't always work. And Wait, you know, was, but were they, was that emotional outrage like bad tone but true facts or were we just like going off? A lot of it, well, again, this is my opinion because, yeah. again, I'm interpreting, but a lot of it was just a personal, deep personal offense. You know, they're saying I'm okay. not an actual doctor, which they didn't actually say. <laughs> Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Um, so, so it was that kind of that kind of rhetoric that that didn't you know. So what what I would like to do, and again, I I stay out of this stuff because I, I just don't have the patience. You unless do, I message it to you, and then <laughs> unless I drag you, you unless in. You, in the, exactly. But you know, my my opinion on this was just to say, hey, you know, guys, Peloton. Uh, just so you know, we are medical professionals. We go to school. We do this. We do that. And I saw some of those posts, and you know, I kind of keep it professional. Um, and I think that that's how you move the needle. But regardless, you know, it's because. People love our profession. And what I'm trying to say is that with all of this, you know, we do need to pay attention. When we feel we've been wronged, we need to step up. And so I'm glad for raising the flag. I said that from the outset. I think that then keep it professional and try to actually affect change. Like this is where, honestly, if NAFTA, AVMA, others would lean in, write a quick letter over to Peloton and say, hey, guys, we're aware of this situation. And we just want to let you know we are medical professionals and our veterinary technicians are medical professionals. And, you know, so when you give these kind of uh, uh, discount programs, you might want to consider us, right? Because I think, honestly, we're such a small profession. That's another thing to keep in mind with these big, giant corporations is that we're so small, like we don't move their spreadsheets too much. So for us, they probably just don't even know. I think, honestly, it's just an honest mistake. As you said, there's probably some poor customer service person there who's like, these are the responses that you give. And when people ask for a medical discount and they don't check this particular box, then you send them this response. That's really what I feel like happened here. You know, and I also wonder too about the geographical location of the responder. So like, I think about folks who are not in the United States and um, probably have different experiences with varying levels of medicine and medical professionals. And so, like, I, and I'm, I don't want to appropriate in any way, but I also just kind of think about, like, well, I think there's folks out there who maybe don't have the same experience maybe where they are. Um, so, yeah. um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. And I don't want to make excuses, but it's like you said, I, I do feel like Peloton's very aware of the, the profession, but I also know <laughs> that, like, you and I, so for, you know, you and I, we get comments, criticisms, um, 
you know, I was very open that on another podcast I had a veterinarian basically hate my voice, um, <laughs> right. which is not something I can do a whole lot about. Just hates my voice, made me feel terrible, gave me like a real emotional shutdown. I ended up dropping, losing the podcast over it because I went a little public with it. A whole bad chain of events, right? I fear that so much emotion will happen that we dump, like instead of a, 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 a organized effort or knowing that we can lean into our state and national organizations to handle this, I fear that Peloton has gotten a bunch of like hateful, angry, pissed off veterinary professionals <laughs> blowing up their email box. And now they're going to say, well, yeah, they're in medicine, but they certainly aren't professional. Right. So how we're Good handling point. this, you know, also is a little bit, makes me a little fearful because... If we're just taking all that emotional abuse that we've received over the last two years and beyond and we dump it on somebody's contact me um, that allows us to have 2,000 words of emotion at them, they're going to be too long, didn't read, and just know that this whole group is emotional, crazy people. Yeah. And guys, I will say this. I do believe strongly in self-care. I think that whatever, whether it's Peloton or Nordic Tracker or just walking in the woods, do something. So I don't want this to in any way, you know, give you a reason not to engage in self-care. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But if you find well, Nordic Track just came out with a really cool one that leans. I don't know if you've seen that. I but... have not. But yeah, oh, I get. yeah. So, so again, maybe maybe you can get a discount over there. So who knows? Who knows? Give it a shot, guys. Hey, Nordic Track, you do well to get in front of this. You would do well. <laughs> there you go. That's an opportunity right there to overcome a challenge. Well, viewfinders, we want to know what you think about all of this. You know, has Peloton been wrongly accused or do you think it's it's the proportionate response from our profession? And if, if so, you know, what do you think we should do? How do we handle this? How do we elevate the public perception of veterinary professionals as legitimate medical professionals? I'd really like to hear your ideas. That's right. You can reach out to us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder and on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. You can tweet at Dr. Ernie at vetviewfinder. Nope. At vet, what the heck is it? <laughs> vetviewfinder. There you go. Yeah, yeah, vetviewfinder yeah, over yeah. on Twitter. I don't tweet. I don't know. Um, also, you guys, I know it sounds small, but if you can take a couple minutes, head on over to Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, and just leave us five stars and a quick review. It really, really helps really us helps. get this content out. And, um, you know, that's what we're here for. <laughs> That's right. Well, guys, uh, again, have a great week. We are recording this right in the middle of National uh, Veterinary Technicians Appreciation Week. So make sure you give a little extra love to those credentialed vets techs in your life. And if you haven't listened to our episode on how we think we should actually celebrate Veterinary Technicians Week year round and some of the things we think you should be doing, uh, definitely check out that episode from a couple of weeks ago. We think that was really important. And we've gotten a lot of really amazing responses from you guys. So thank you so much. Until next week, Becky, I'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.